wanna be a rich bitch. Penthouse store man, money, 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 rich bitch. Hey, give me that bag, rich bitch. You're so rich. Uh, yes, she's beauty. She's grace. She's Miss United States. It's how we do. It's, it's how, how we do. We, how we start the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling very like radio announcer today. Like I just me woke too. up and I feel it's like it's like this is my ASMR version of me. Yeah, it's like this is me sipping coffee. Right. Like <laughs> we're disgusting. <laughs> No, that's beautiful. ASMR, How dare no, you? AS, ASMR creeps me out. It's, I'm not the person that has the thing that. Yeah, does so the I have the things. thing. So I have the thing. So you know, this is getting two vantage points. You know, and this is why we're here. We do the hard hitting shit. Right. Audio <laughs> sense real question. Audio <laughs> sensorial meridian response. How to be a rich bitch while also having ASMR and not ASMR. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my god, I'm yeah. ASMR free. I'm your ASMR redacted. I don't know. Um, I am. <laughs> I'm ASMR, baby, all the way. She's a pirate for ASMR. it. ASMR. Um, ASMR. 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 Um, yeah. I, dude, you know what's so funny about all that is that I didn't even know what the hell that was. Thank God for like is it YouTube. Well, you're like, okay, let's stop about the TikTok thing because there's a lot of things I have to say about TikTok. A lot of things come out. Uh yeah, yeah. I, this is this is gonna be some fire because I have some things to say too. Yeah, obviously. dude, it is like my whole life is centered around TikTok right yeah, now. I know, and I'm and this is upsetting to me, but especially it has to be upsetting to you because that is you on the gig. <laughs> you get in the gig. On the, I'm on, on the, the gig. Yeah, this, is, this is what I do on the tickety talk. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, when I was like in um, what's it called um, like middle school, and I would see the teacher with the chalkboard, and he would just be like you know, writing on the board and the way his hand moved and the way things were going, my brain would just like tingle all over. And I was like, am I okay? <laughs> I just like, am, am I, I having a stroke? <laughs> yeah, But I felt so relaxed. And I was like, weird. Like I'm very essential person anyway, but like to have like, just like things happening around me, just trigger things in my brain. I just never knew what that freaking meant. And I was like, maybe I'm just one of those people that's just like easily hypnotized. Uh, or if I, you know, and that's actually really true. I've been hypnotized, but I have to say it's okay. If I don't want to be hypnotized, you ain't going to hypnotize me. But if I'm yeah. in, the girl's gone. She's you got her. She's yeah. got it. You got the no, back. I, mean, I, I do remember like teachers writing things on chalkboards in high school or whatever. And like being like, Ugh, and okay, I don't so know. you're like, <laughs> yeah. but like, I don't feel like I've experienced that in adulthood. Maybe that was just specifically chalk and chalkboards. Well, the chalky, uh, not that part, but just like the right, like gentle, just the, the writing, the yeah, and like the the or or writing on the um, oh, I don't know, writing on the uh, laminate thingy that that would like project the shit. What's it oh, called? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The when they would write thing. that, and I would just be like, whoa, satisfied. It was like yeah, yeah, I was like satisfied. It was not so, satisfying for me. Yeah, I so did not love that. Okay, well here we go. So, uh, so <laughs> but th- but thank God, years later, you know, I felt seen. You know, uh, because <laughs> thanks to the Gen Zers. Thanks to the Gen Zers and Cardi B for literally not only saying that she listens to it every night and her uh her boo-boo thinks she's crazy for it, but that she did it herself and she did it immaculately. She is a, a beacon of light and hope. And I think Cardi I, B I is our next her. president. So I just love her. Any anyone who's willing to say or do whatever the fuck they're thinking, is she like, says all the right things. It's my, she, like hero status. She's like y'all girls, get your pussies checked. They're taking away our rights. Get your pussies checked. Like I love her. Like she's always like, don't go to this state. 
if you are a woman because shit yeah. will go down. Well, She's I mean, so I keep, good. I keep thinking about that as all this like new legislation passes. Not that I want to turn this into a uh, whole, like no, we have to though. Life is platform, crazy. But it's important to talk about. It. And like I just think like Tennessee and yeah. Florida and Texas, like are people leaving those states in droves? Like I would no. be. They're not. I'd be like, bye. I can't do this. Like, I already don't feel safe. And I'm in New York City. Like, that's and yeah, that's that's freaking crazy. Crazy. You know, I mean, it's just it just very much feels, you know, like we've hit the repeat button on the 1930s and we have careening into disaster. We already were with um, you know, police brutality. We already had never Mm -hmm. gone forward. So it was just like and then now to have, you know, Roe v. Wade be repealed last year, and the fact that all of us women weren't out in the streets burning cars it says a lot because i mean you know i'm i'm in an acting class and i'm working with um a partner from france and he's really funny and amazing but they're they're they're, they're going through it they're going through it right now with the trash and the in the in the revolting it's all but but i admire them because when the mta goes up a dollar but the mta just gets keeps getting worse in france if the mta went up a dollar they'd be flipping cars right now do you well, know? And that's and that's the thing too. Like I I don't really watch news. My sources of information are typically social media because yeah. I feel like news tends to be very skewed in either direction. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not here. I'm not here for it. But like, you know, there's been a lot of commentary on the France situation where we are not seeing it on our news because they're afraid that if we see it and it works, that like we're gonna try it. Yeah. Well, I think I think we're also <laughs> and very we com- should. Yeah, we should. I mean, I think the problem is is like I'm not saying we need to destruct, destruct and loot and do all that fun shit. Although no, but although, being heard and being visible and loud. Yes, being visible, being loud, being aware that like there is an entire there are. I, if I look at the Planned Parenthood website or any website whatsoever about women's rights in America, there's like 11 states where I'll have more prison time than the dude who, you know, assaulted me if I get an abortion, you know, from that thing. Like, that's yeah, real. It's, it's so backwards. It's scary. And um, I, I just don't really get it. I don't really get why that's the focus. Um, I do. And, and I, I have a lot of theories. Um, well, but it's, I mean, it's it's hard to talk about why without sounding like a crazy conspiracy theory right. person. But it's well, like it really kind of is like the writing is is becoming more on the wall. Right. And I think this will kind of bleed nicely into the TikTok conversation too, because yes. like because the reason why I think we're coming to this point is because this country so far has just been like a farm and a factory for the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, people come here to make their, make their bag and get the rich, get the yeah. monies and go back to where they came from. Yeah. And I can't fault them for that. I mean, good, do do it. Like, yeah. you know, take that opportunity, but it it's, you know, and again, without trying to sound like a, a crazy conspiracy theory person, it just very much looks like, you know, they're controlling women's bodies and yep. their choices so that they have to have children so that they have to create a new workforce for the next generation so that the billionaires and CEOs who are in charge of everything can just have more people working for them. I could and, see that. I also could see they just keep, want to keep a bitch down like the other. You know right. what I mean? I they mean, want like, to keep the others down. Tale. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's handmaid's, handmaid's tale. tale. And I, I like... You and know, the gays. I, I, they want to keep the gays down and they want well, to they've always wanted drag to queen. Well, of course, down. yeah. Well, women and gays. I mean, they've always wanted to keep both. I mean, to be honest, like throughout history, who who doesn't want to, everybody seems to want to keep half the population down. And then also the gays, also anyone who's not of the status quo, typical white dude, you know, it just seems like the, it just seems like that's kind of 
always no, been it's true. And, yeah. and again, like like tying this into the TikTok conversation, yeah. what's what I think is really funny is that TikTok started out as like the lip sync dance app that everyone was it like, did. I don't want to do that. It's for the young people. And it's turned into this like massive search engine and communication device, which is incredible. Yeah. But yeah. like, you know, we wouldn't have known what was going on in France without TikTok. We wouldn't have known what was going on in Iran without TikTok. We wouldn't have known what was going on in Ohio mm. without TikTok. You know, like, and that threatens the bottom line, evidently, because there's now legislation that's being breathtakingly quickly swept through Yeah. Um, to the president who, for some reason, supports it. And I just feel like if you ever want to get reelected ever again, you will not pass this. Like, mm. and, and that goes for anyone. That's not just him. That's not just the pres, the pres guy. You know, like, well, I know a little bit more. App. Oh, yeah, please, I know a little bit more. Share. So I'm kind of on the other side of it. It's not that I think TikTok should be banned. I just think there's a lot of there's got to be a lot of changes in the system of it all. So it is a Chinese company, which we know it was it's it's that's where it's from. Um, the way that it works, and this is the only reason I know this is because my family's that's in the military. And then I talked to somebody in, in Canada whose family is in the military there. Um, and the reason government officials in Canada have to erase it, that's why government officials in America have to erase it, because there's a clause that any type of um, uh, company, uh, something that originates out of, you know, the People's Republic of China, if you, and this is not me being anti-Chinese, it's like the, the government of China is is messy, which we all know, but it's not, it's not China itself. I think everybody, I, I feel for every citizen there. Um but yeah, so the way that the government works over there is that um, let's just say there's a there's an app that originates there. They can keep mining our information and they can keep taking information from us, not just from that app, but from all the apps that we have on our phone. Um, and then they have to report it to the Chinese government, whereas like in America and a lot of other democracies, there's a there's a you have to have a warrant to even look at certain things. You have to have a certain thing to do that. So the reason a lot of this is happening in an expedited thing is because a lot of things have come out and 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 by U.S. investigation and other uh, Democratic countries investigating that um, it definitely takes not just a lot of in your information, like who cares if you have my sing song stuff, but it also takes all my secret, like my my bank stuff, my information that's coming from other places, um, my text messages, da, da, da. And like there is a certain law. It's how it is in China where they have to if you're a chinese company and you're mining data from all over the world you you can just give it to that government to to use in any way possible in any which way you feel and they can also have plausible deniability at the same time so they can say i'm not doing that but i'm like literally going to do it like no matter what this is what my company can do so sure but i i i kind of would love to expand on that commentary because yeah. i don't see how that's different than what facebook is doing or what yeah. google is doing and and you know i mean i think it's they're just acting differently because it's a foreign yeah, power. but like, but like, Twitter's owned by a South African guy, and Fox yeah, News truly. and all media is owned by Rupert Murdoch, who's yeah. an Australian man. So, like, it's not the foreign entity thing. Yeah, it's 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 the accessibility thing, and I refuse to believe that because they have our data, which is available online anyway, mm -hmm. you could buy from literally anyone. Hello, Cambridge Analytica scandal. Like, there's True. like that whole conversation about data mining is 
not true. I mean, it's mm-hmm. probably true that they're doing it, but it's not like they didn't have that information anyway. They're not yeah. the first app to do that. Facebook and Google are linked. You know, how many times have you been and Instagram. trying to yeah. and Instagram, right? Yeah. Like how many times have you logged into something? It's like log in with Facebook or log in with your phone number. Mm-hmm. And like if you've paid for ads on any of those platforms, they have your credit card information. Like right. Like, I just fail to see the difference. And it just feels like because this app is outdoing Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Mm -hmm. etc. And because it's owned by, it happens to be owned by a foreign entity, it is negating the fact that the other apps who are owned by foreign entities or who have actually acted nefariously in the past Mm -hmm. are somehow okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's because the people have been able to democratize communication across nations and realize like we ain't shit and like it's making us look bad and so Mm. the american the american pr machine sure is is, like upset and so i get the data mining thing sure fine but like they already have it so yeah and like this is a first this what this comes down to then is a first amendment violation yeah i agree that um people should have free and and you know access to all the things it's just in china they don't but they do have access to right. this and they do have access to particular things. Um, but this is right. the only thing that's like global has crossed the line between countries that are repressive countries that aren't, well, we're all, rep- I think they're all repressive, but countries that are his- historically and honestly, governmentally uh, repressive uh, utilizing that. Um, and that's why I think there's been, it was, it was like months ago. I mean, a year ago, even uh, all the military had to like take it off specifically because they saw examples of of getting information from military people through the app into their emails into their whatever um right and that makes sense because that makes they work sense for because the they're literally military so i right. totally but get like, that but, but yeah. like civilians like yeah yeah no i i agree no I one think in there china has to be gives a way to actual shit about what my data is like it's like who cares yeah. it's sitting in a pile somewhere but it's also sitting in a pile at facebook and microsoft and google and like and yeah. name any platform that we've all used yeah you know and i just i just think it's such a dumb and what what is also going to be horrible about this is people who are making a living off mm-hmm. of tiktok mm-hmm. and people who are are paying bills mm-hmm. off of tiktok you know like then what happens to them you know True. Like, or yeah. or is this a larger conversation of forcing people back into the traditional workforce mm. because you know like and then this is where we kind of like land into like weird conspiracy theory yeah. like john, john d rockefeller land um, you know, which I am l- l- happy to talk about, but I just think like, especially for creatives, you know, yeah. like people, people who are in a creative field who are using TikTok to, you know, tell stories and monetize their thing and be able to make that part of their sales funnel, which is who I talk to every day for the most part. Yeah. And a lot of the consulting work that I do and like brand work that I do has to do with people predominantly who on TikTok. Who yeah. are trying to make TikTok yeah. part of their sales funnel and conversion right. conversion flow. So, you know, I, I just think it's gonna do more harm than good to take it away, honestly, yeah. even knowing the data mining situation again, which Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, sure. Google, they everyone all do. else is doing. That's true. So I just think it's I think it's a really flimsy argument that the government is trying to make. And, you know, to whomever, whatever FBI agent is listening to this, like, <laughs> we're harmless. We're actors. It doesn't matter. No, literally. Um, we're yeah. just creative people. No, I just thought it was interesting, yeah. though, because, um, you know, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate. I'm just saying, like. No, um, totally. I mean, and it's it's worth, it's a conversation worth having. Yeah, because I think I it's. I just an... think it's, I just think that the data component of it is, yeah. like, the surface story that they're telling us. Sure. 
Sure, sure, sure. And I think, and I, um, and, I, and I'm only saying this like having I spend a lot of time on. I know, I know. Again, because it's work, but also because I love it. No, and I um, and I get why people love it. I think it's great, and I think, um, uh, I think it's really useful in connecting human beings, and I think we always should be connected, and I think it's a really great way to do that. And it's also, um. I don't know. Yeah. I think there's like gotta be some sort of way to take what they already have and then just like, but it's hard because you can't force China to do anything. So it's like, yeah. how do we, how do we negotiate some sort of like checks and balances moment with this to make it? So it is, does feel a little less like, um, you know, uh, yeah. so I actually, I actually saw something about this somewhere and it was a while ago. So I'm, I might get some of this information wrong. Fact check yeah. me, but like, um, I think I read somewhere that even though it's a Chinese company, because it's functioning in America, there's a particular sanction in place where they have to actually report all the data that they're they're consuming to this American-based, like, fail-safe firewall, basically. Right. And, <clears throat> and like, that is, again, if that is true, another reason why I'm like, then what is the data conversation? This is a, it's, a, it's like a red herring yeah. or whatever. Yes. It could be. It could be. I mean, I... I probably should do more research before I think I just talked to a couple of people in the U S military and I talked to somebody in the Canadian military. And what really got me nervous wasn't the U S military because <laughs> I think we're paranoid was the Canadian military because of their own private um, thing into it, feeling like this was the only truly unsafe app to have on your phone as a uh, military person. So yeah, I don't know again, what that, because I, it's government and military that absolutely that makes sense. That makes 100%, sense. To me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but also like to tie this in, to like actors and creators and like yes. getting the bag like people make so much money off of TikTok. they do like, they truly do like within the first i think three or four months of my company being on tiktok we mm -hmm. made over ten thousand dollars holy mother um just from like bringing new clients into our funnel so like it's not it's a, it would be very bad for a lot of people if it went away and, you know, I actually, I just posted this in my Instagram story today, but it's this really great interview with Jason Alexander, where he's talking Not Jason about, Alexander, yes. Love yes, him, go he's, on. He's talking about, like, the most, like, the way that actors succeed, right? And mm -hmm. I've, I've, you and I have talked about this in the past, sure. you know, pr previous, our, our previous episode, where we're talking about, like, Judd Apatow and Rachel Bloom and Shonda Rhimes and, yeah. and Tyler Perry, where it's, like, the most successful actors are the ones who've made it themselves. And I don't yeah. mean themselves as in alone. I mean, like, they've created something where they yes. are... They've written it or they've befriended writers and they've gotten the producers and the creative. They've bared their else. soul creatively. Right. Yeah. They've done they've made something and they've been rewarded for it. And yeah. I mean, you know, I don't want to harp on TikTok forever, but like yeah, no. th that is a platform in which people can do that. And yeah. in a very democratized kind of way, you don't need a whole production team to create something on TikTok that no. goes viral that the people reach. My friend Charles is a great example of this. Um, you know, Charles does like Jennifer Coolidge at like skits and like uh, other other things that are really funny. I love Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. And he he is churning out content like a champion. And because mm -hmm. solely because of that, he has like afforded to move to LA. Yeah. And he's <clears throat> filmed a couple pilots. He's done a couple projects. He's That's amazing. A couple things. And it's really like he is, I think he's up to like almost 500,000 followers now. And like you know, that would never have happened if it were not for TikTok. I mean, maybe right. it would have happened on Instagram and maybe yeah. he would have made it in a different capacity otherwise. Sure. But like he took the matter into his own hands and created his own thing, democratized media, was able to use that as a platform. And now he has a career that he didn't have three years ago. Right. 
you know, I think the and, whole key is like, we, we have a lot of these opportunities and when things start to get, um, taken for the reasons that may be very real and maybe very not, <clears throat> it does not just impact, um, the government or the people or it impacts creators. That's literally what it, what it started was like a platform yeah. to express yourself in some way, whatever way that is creatively. Yeah. So I think and that I, is a shame. And I feel like a lot of times the arts or creatives are negatively impacted by decisions made by countries or absolutely things like that. hundred percent. I mean, look at, look at the theater model. Like <laughs> it is so expensive to put up theater here, but yes. over, in, over in the UK, it's subsidized through the government and granted they don't make as much money as people here do. Right. Um, in the Broadway conversation, but they also aren't buying $700 tickets to Hamilton. Right, but they also don't have to because right. it's subsidized by the government. Right. So that sucks you know, that you have to buy seven hundred dollars to just see Hamilton. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when I when I was in when I was in London, I saw three shows. I was in the orchestra for every single one. Love. And the most that I paid was $170, and that was for cabaret, and it came with two drinks and a meal and dessert. Work. And I was in the second row. Um, it was and it was an incredible production. Like, right. Ple- more of that, please. And I'm so excited for Here Lies Love to come to Broadway because mm. we've all we've all seen the um the the rendering for the theater that they want to do mm-hmm. for that show at the hand of David Byrne. Mm. And they're turning it into a nightclub. And it looks Work. incredible. And that's yeah, I know doing. nothing about this. Tell me more. It's so I know good. nothing about theater. So um, tell me more. I don't, Other I than don't like really, I see a lot of it, but I don't Of course, of course. So like I I don't really know much about the show. I know it's David Byrne, who's Talking Heads, like legend. Absolutely. Yes, love totally. Him. Grew up listening to him. What I love star. him. Ugh, just obsessed with his weirdness. Oh, please forgive me if truly... I act a little strange because I know not what I do. That's one of my favorite songs, man. <laughs> He's truly an artist at like yeah. to the core. Um, but they are taking the theater. Hopefully, this was just proposed. I don't know if it's actually going to happen. Okay, but but like they're basically doing what the Players Theater in London did and turned it into the Kit Kat Club. They're turning oh. it. They're turning it into like there's like a runway down the center. Like they're going to take seats out, and there's like a runway down the center, and there's like seating on the side of each mm. of the stage, and then seating up on stage, and it's like it just looks incredible, and it's creating this immersive experience on I love Broadway, that. which we've never really had outside mm. of like Great Comet, yeah. And, uh, and maybe like the Sweeney Todd that was down in the village the other year where it was like in that little bakery. With right. Marla's. There was some more interactivity. It's like, um, it's right. like, um, you know, all those, uh, what is it called? Halls, Halsey Green. What is the one that's like, um, sleep no more. Like you need, oh, yeah, yeah, the we need more of that. We more need more of, of I that. Mean, honestly, if you've ever been to a party at the McKittrick, like, holy shit. It's like, so worth fun. the price of admission. It's yeah. so dope. I went to a Clue Super party dope. there. It was like Clue themed and I got all dressed up. Everyone was dressed up. It was amazing. Ugh. Everyone showed up as the cast of Glue. It was amazing. Uh, and there was like a dinner with Neil Patrick Harris and there was a show in the ballroom and it was just yes. like the singing telegram girls were doing a show. And then Mr. Body did a set in the, in like the, it, like a jazz set. It was incredible. And like more of that, there was, I will also shout this out because it, it, it has me in a chokehold. There is a, uh, there's a venue in Brooklyn called $3 bills. And a couple of years oh, ago, yes. my friend Michael Hunsicker took me um, to the show called Oscar at the Crown fucking mm. shook me mm. to death it was this dystopian like post-apocalyptic world where these artsy youth kids have been 
ostracized from society because they were artsy and queer and whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were living in this warehouse. And then this person comes along and kind of infiltrates and she's new. And she's like, so basically, and I'm simplifying this, they're like, what do you do all day? And they're like, we parade around and we perform Oscar Wilde plays. <laughs> and this character is like, well, he was a misogynistic piece of shit who abused his wife and was, and they all like kind of stop. And like the truth has like crumbled their whole world. <laughs> But the reason why this happened in the first place, Mm -hmm. and this is what kills me, (laughs) is because of um, the reason why society started to crumble in this in this dystopia in Oscar at the Crown um, is because uh, I think it was uh, Andy Cohen's The O.C. or something. Oh, my God. And it was like one of the shows that was like early reality TV Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. whatever. And uh, this character, Julie, I guess, like, whatever. There's a song called Julie. It's a workout bop. It's incredible. So Love that. We love a good workout bop. But, like, that kind of, like, started the crumbling of society because people became mesmerized with these trash humans that were, like, Oh, right. Oh, my God. That's always something I felt. Literally what's happening now. Yeah, literally. Um, But the show was, like, the audience stood stood in the audience. And on a side of the percent. There were also these square boxes that the crew would like move around with actors on it. Mm -hmm. And then the audience had to move around like that. You would walk around to get out of the way. It was and the music was incredible. The show was incredible. I could talk about it all day because it was one of my favorites, but I don't I won't take up all the time. I love stuff like that, though. Oh, it was just like, can we please have more of this? There was. Yeah, I, I agree. There was um, there was a theater. What's a theater that's in Union Square? It's really cool. It's like experimental. It's right on Union Square. I'm going to look it up. But there was, I saw my friend who's a former rocket, but it was like a dance thing. And it was way more like there were, there were parts where you would just be under glass and they would be dancing on top of you and you were, the glass oh, was shit. over you coming down. Oh, I remember um, this. Yeah. I loved that. Um, this was, this was years ago. It was, it was very this. interactive. Um, yeah. Okay. Hold on. Union Square. I don't remember what it was just look up or something or uh, it's not just look up don't look up it's that's a movie but it's like something like that do you know what i mean um it's called up it stars an old man yeah an old man and a and a, and a boy in the, the boy scouts union square theater show uh what's it called it's not regal you silly bitches did it disappear there, there was a there really yeah, it was like i feel like i remember this daryl roth daryl roth theater oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I think and that's in the still past around. they've yeah it's it's here. Um in the past they did some really experimental stuff that was like oh they're doing Titanic. Love that. Oh. Um that's another one. That that's another like, one that's oh, just fuck. like high. Um let's see past shows. Forza Bruta. I think it was Forza Bruta. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, that was it. It was Forza Bruta and it was literally um 10 years worldwide it was on. Um, and it was literally just performance art, but it was like, so interactive. Like you would, there was a person like a, a woman, which was my friend running on like a treadmill and being a dope dancer, just like totally muscular and cool. And just like re- the lighting was perfect. And she's just running and these blocks just keep hitting her. And she's like this, and she keeps running and like I the audience this, could throw yeah. blocks too. And like, it just, it was a demonstration of like, you know, we throw things at each other, but then we protect her. Then people didn't want to throw blocks at her, you know, because they don't want to, you know, it was cool. And then there was like a glass portion where they, they put a, a glass plate on top of us and then they put water over the glass and then just slid around the glass and made 
images and stuff. Yeah. It was really cool. No, I remember this. It ran for a really long time. If Ten I years. Yeah. yeah. Like I, yeah, I remember, I remember the posters. They were like purple. Yeah. They were dope as shit. Purple. Purple. But yeah, like stuff R- like that. More interactive, more interactive art, please. You know? Yeah. So everybody feels like they're involved. Yeah. And honestly, like, I mean, I think we, I think we're so desensitized to a lot of things. I mean, I don't think, I know we are so desensitized yeah. to so many things. When I went to that clue party, and this would have been 2016, I think, mm-hmm. I was, I was, hadn't even had anything to drink yet. And just walking around, I felt drunk because it was so sensory overload and so yeah. immersive. And yeah. like on top of that, like the trippy part of you being in a costume and kind of becoming one of the characters, mm-hmm. like I just was like, I could barely form words. Like the dopamine was, was high. It, it was heavy. kicking. It was kicking. And was I was like, kicking. like, I was there alone. I went by myself. It was a self-date. Mm-hmm. And I met Love that. really cool people. I ran into an old friend. Um, you know, it was just wild. Yeah. And like I want, I think, and we, I think we, my friend Catherine and I were talking about this the other day. Well, that's a lie. She made a TikTok about it. Uh, <laughs> and I saw it. That's what I meant by that. <laughs> yeah. We were doing it the other day. No, it's early. It. I'm still having coffee. You're fine. And she was saying oh, how I think people in general, but specifically the arts community is so starved to yes. like laugh together and have a communal experience together that is interactive, that connects us. And yeah. I don't even mean in a way where you're sitting in a theater, but like that is part of it where you're sitting yeah. laughing, experiencing something collectively that we're so starved for it, that it's becoming so heightened. And I actually just made a TikTok about this yesterday mm-hmm. because I have my little like outfit costume prepared for the opening nights I'm going to. Yeah. Uh, Mini Todd specifically, and um, you know, people are showing up to theaters in costume. Yeah, like, and it's, it's previews. Like it's not even opening <laughs> night. It is previews for Shucked and Sweeney Todd, and both shows people are coming in costumes. Like Shucked, people are coming dressed as corn, dressed as cowboys. Work. They're bringing they're bringing cans of corn to get signed at the theater. Like it's just this <laughs> level of like quirky and camp. How about I'm corn, so man? Into. She's made a good comeback. Corn is right. Really... <laughs> She's got the juice. She's got the juice. The corn uh, juice. Yeah. yeah. But um, that's crazy. That's so yeah, fun. It's wild. And I'm so rooting for Shucked because it's a fully original. We show. need that. And we need that something new because it's yeah. like, oh, there's a lot of, and I know we say this probably every five years, it's the same things over and over again, but it, it kind of gets to that point where you're like, yeah. where let's take a risk. Let's keep taking risks on making stuff like everything, everywhere, all at once. Like let's take risks and make really weird ass shit. Let's make I really, was, I was just going to bring this up. I was talking to my neighbors last night about this, you know, the Oscars just happened yeah. and there were some really fantastic wins. Like Brendan Fraser will always Fraser will always and forever have my heart. Yes. He the mommy. High. Literally had me in a chokehold since Encino man. I was like, Oh who, yeah. Who is this gentleman? Please ruin my life. Mm-hmm. Um, George of the jungle. George wow. of the jungle. Like just, Oh God, could he be better looking even still? The now, mummy. I, I'm uh, still in love with him. The mummy. Like I saw that like 13 times in theaters. Dude, as a that movie is like, so good. And Rachel it's Weiss. So Major, Rachel Weiss. Come on. Rachel that's Weiss. where, that's where we found her. That's where we found we found we her. We found in, her. In she was already mummy. found. We knew right. everybody knew who she was that knew her, right. but we, we did. didn't know. So <laughs> now because we, we were 12. Because we were literally um, children. Didn't yes. know her though. But but like I was it, literally this conversation <laughs> I was having it last night, how 
you know, theater needs more original pieces. And the whole conversation was like IP and public domain. Um, but like theater needs more original pieces and we're seeing that hopefully be successful with Shucked. But then also the Oscars have now celebrated things that are not your typical wins. Like that, that uh, like Roo 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 song. Yeah. That one best song. Like what the fuck was that? That was amazing. Yeah. Insane. Like, give me more Bollywood. I want it. Yeah, we need and more. It's so good. And like, you know, everything everywhere all at once, like the Daniels and them winning and then Michelle yeah. Yeoh winning and then uh, Q, Q, Q Kwan. Yeah. I, did I fuck his name up? Yeah. Q, Q Kwan. It's, yeah, whatever. I, I'll read it now. <laughs> say I feel it, horrible. Say anyway. Him, whatever. We're stupid. And, and then Brendan Fraser and like all these people who like are having just these beautiful comebacks. I mean, like the whole... Side by side comparison of uh I think you did it right. Ki Hu Kwan. Yeah, of Ki Hu Kwan yeah. and Harrison Ford, and then yeah. Ki Hu Kwan and Brendan <laughs> Fraser and how they've all worked together and they yeah. all found themselves back at this place. Yep, yep, yep. What a great story. And like no, it's, yeah. it's because we're now finally celebrating original pieces that aren't really commercialized in a way. Like the whale was obviously a play first, fine, whatever, but it's not your typical like mainstream kind of thing no and, and you know people see it that are that are in the industry and be like wow they had 15 million honey they had 15 million to do all the things that they did do you know how much shit costs that right. like people want to make a horror film that literally you know now people are figuring it out they're making it for like two million and it's crushing but there's there's a lot of films that like you're like wow this little in this little this little drama at someone's house wow and it's like 30 million and you're like okay they made all of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they made all yeah. this entire movie, this crazy movie with like different set pieces, Rakakuni, crazy shit going on, you know, uh, rocks and, and, and black bagels and all the crazy shit that they had to do and googly eyes and all that fun dildo magic, all of that stuff and stunts and, and imagery and all that was done for less for like a, a budget that is like a high tier indie budget, which is like interesting. Yeah. I know that sounds, and it is a lot of money. Let me just be clear. That's a huge amount of money, Totally, but yeah, I, but have, then, I have friends in my circle that that'll like sell a script and they're like, I think we can make this for eight mil. And they're like, cool. Like, but this was 15 million and it was yeah. the biggest movie. If anything I ever made was like, Oh yeah, we can do this for eight mil. I think I'd pass out. Yeah. I'd be like, can you actually just give me the eight mil yeah. and not and not make this? It's fine. Yeah, just give me eight million. I don't really want to. But that's um, the thing. Because the truth of it is, like, you know, and I only say that because of course I would want it to be made. And of course I would say yes and just be like, yeah, sign my life away, like do it. But um if you gave me eight mil, I could make so much. Yeah. It's like you and I are scrappy. Like we can figure yeah, it out. Yeah, indie like, creators. I just did a pilot for like less than 40K and I just did, I did a whole series for 27,000. Yeah. Well, and I also, I think of like Taylor Coriel. She did You're the Pest for 15,000. It was a whole season. Yeah. And like, yes, it was a web series and it was considered what would now be short form, but like. Yeah. Dr. Seed, same thing. 27. Yeah, wow. Exactly. And like you, you can do it. And it's just, I think, and, and maybe I'm mistaken on this because I haven't obviously worked at this level, but like when something is like $80 billion to make, I'm going to go ahead and assume that that is also paying the actors to do the press tour and it's paying for the press tour and it's paying for ads and it's paying it's for It's paying for a lot of random stuff that you don't even realize. I mean, special effects for sure cost a lot, of course, yes. especially good special effects artists, but it also is you know, retaining actors. It's not just like 
their press. Cause like, that's a whole other separate contract. I think, I think a lot of it mostly is like their day rate is huge. Also in perfect, you know, they want to have a percentage of whatever's going on. Also like there's the music, music rights it's are so insane. And yeah. um, if you're shooting in any way on location and you have to pay pension and health and you have to pay, you know, it, you know, insurance for like really intense stuff. And then especially in the COVID era, you know, things are just a lot more expensive in terms of testing and stuff like that. But really, I think yeah. it really comes down to like the filmmaking process is just so damn expensive and equipment. I mean, just to rent, you know, renting equipment for our things, we rented like the top of the line, you know, like Ari, uh, you know, shit they shot with, you know, on um, all the Marvel films and stuff for one of the front of the movies I just made called Bathed in the Night. It's going to come out soon. It's an editing. I love it. Wrote it, star in it, did not direct it. Don't direct shit that you write and star in. That's stupid. Um, anyway, Agreed. it's just too much. You have to be able to be yourself. Anyway, that's a huge piece of advice that I really have stood by and it's only benefited me. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, we did that for not too much, you know, less than less than eight grand, I believe. And like that, um, you know, that looks like it was made for hundreds of thousands because the camera that we did which is a fifty thousand dollar camera we didn't buy we rented you know but there's like so much money do you know what i mean in these like studios and these like network things it's like they spend so much money on name actors on which they should because the name actors carry the motherfucker but also equipment um you know all this extra stuff that they have to do and uh self safety stuff and insurance and it just really is a lot. So for the Daniels to make something that is 15, I know that, and again, it's a lot of money, but to make it at that and 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 do what they did with it is very impressive. And I hope that, you know, with the rise of horror films like Pearl or X, where they spent just a million dollars and made millions and millions upon millions back, I think that's showing that you can do things for- well. I mean, absolutely. But I also go back to like Blair Witch. Oh, well, that's a whole, I mean, that cost, like, activity. Half, that, that cost like $3.50 to make and like $3.50 to make. and like, Literally, $4. And like <laughs> they made millions at the box office. Right, like, but that's because it was a new idea and it was right, different. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, kind of same with like anything everywhere all at once. Yes. Everything everywhere all at once. Wow, I can't speak. Anything everywhere all at once, yeah. You know, new uh, yeah. idea <laughs> and like quote unquote lower budget. But like right. let's, sh let's show the powers that be that you can make good shit that doesn't have to be a hundred million dollar CGI based film. I mean, and it will still sell. And, and again, well. horror is the key. Let me just be clear. Horror is the key because it, a lot of it is female driven. Always. She's like the last girl standing. Always. It's like a woman who's like, Doo! or maybe the villain is a female, you know, it's always like really featured uh, yeah. that. I think that's very interesting that that is the case, but also, you know, look at paranormal activity. They made it for $30,000. $30,000. Wow. Jesus. I mean, I also like, you know, I think this kind of bleeds over into like the crime, the crime genre as well. Like horror and yeah. crime, I think are kind of thriller crime. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, I, I've written a crime script that I'm actually pretty proud of. You've read it. Um, yep. you know, I, like it. I need awesome. to do the notes. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's need right. To, need to zhuzh it a little zhuzh bit. Zhuzh it up, but, baby. But like, yeah, yeah. And, and that comes down to like the stakes being not high enough, but you know, we'll, we'll figure that out. But the, mm -hmm. the crux of it is great. And I, I wrote it with Julianne Moore in mind. And, you know, I keep thinking the, the two people that I sent it to for 
like line producing essentially to give me a ballpark of an idea. Both of them, like for the one episode, were like, oh, it's probably like two mil an episode. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. It's but that's hard. also because I was like being very hyper specific and literal with locations. Well, locations. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it I, was, mean, I mean, it's like it has to be in this it's place. It's Goodman. It's, yeah. a, it's penthouses. It's so that's right. There's five million. So there you go. They, this, right. Yeah. No, Lincoln yeah. Center's 50, 50 grand a day. Yeah. Like to turn the lights on. Yeah. And, and that's what I mean. Like location, location, location. But my God, it really will. Yeah. It, it really shoots you in the foot, doesn't it? But that's what, well, that goes back to like, you know, as creatives, like what ways can we tell our, tell stories in a very interesting and cool way that looks high budget, but also is a good story. And then also isn't, you know, cause it can be distracting when something looks low budge. Even yeah. if the script is good, even if the acting is good. So it's like finding that balance of like um, creating the world very stylized or or specifically. So then when it comes out, people aren't just like, how much did you? Instead, I mean, like, whoa, how much did you I make know, this? I, I know a certain particular group of people here in New York, and I won't I won't call them out because of what I'm about to say. But like mm. they turn out content and the content itself isn't bad. You know, right. like, like it's not amazing, but it's not bad. Mm-hmm. And when I watch some of their stuff, like you can tell, it, and this is, this is where I think the difference is. You can tell where they didn't spend the money. That sucks. And yeah. You don't want to do that. The most recent thing that I've seen, like they had a great camera. They had great lighting. They spent no money on costumes or sound because like, the, and sound, sound? Like, sound, why would you not? I mean, literally like someone says a line and it sounds like this. And then someone else says a line and it's like, it's like, okay, blah, 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 blah. And it just sounds like the actor's 20 feet away, but the camera's right here. It's like, what? Anyone could be covered in mud sitting in a dumpster. If your sound is bad, if your sound is good while you're filming, sit covered in mud sitting in a dumpster, you have a show. If your sound is bad, you literally already, you're done. And it was like the... It was like a teaser for something that they were doing. And it was like, it was like the, the actor was like, you know, it's something or other, blah, blah, blah. And then the next line, the second line of this teaser sounded like they were over here. And it was like, okay. That's and insane. Un- and it's someone that I would like to work with, but because of seeing that, I'm like, nope. No, that's to me, it, to me, it's like, it all comes down to as creatives. It all comes down to first off the content matters. Obviously, the writing, the content, of the course. talent matters, of course. Are they yes. But other than that, the honestly, the main thing is your damn sound. Visual and sound are the top two for Visual me. Visual is very important, but you know what? You can watch like, and you can think maybe there were choices made, right? They're like, you can maybe kind of, your mind can like say, okay, so they picked like Dr. Seeds. We built that fucked weird train set. It looks dope as shit. But that was a stylistic choice because- money because we didn't have access to the trains anymore because Louis CK used it too much for Louis also because <laughs> uh he just used it so much the free one um and then you know the train museum was too much but also then I said well like doesn't it make more sense if maybe it's in her mind it is in her mind but like really we're all there with her mm-hmm. so then we can make something really ratchety cool looking fucking thing um yeah. and it works but the sound doesn't mean the sound needs to be like like the visuals can yeah. be stylistic choices to make up for a budgetary issue. You can right. pull it off. And you can always excuse that. Always. Because listen, you're listening to what they're saying. And if you if it doesn't sync up, you immediately, your brain leaves. 
Just yeah. like a podcast. If the mics are garbage and it sounds like they're recording in a toaster, done. <laughs> Don't listen to us. Don't listen yeah. to us. Don't listen to us. If we're talking into a toaster, do not listen. Yeah, stop. We obviously don't give a shit. So don't do it. I mean, the only, uh, like this microphone, for example, my dad got me this for Christmas as a gift. Yeah. Um, It is not a cheap microphone. No. It is an expensive microphone. That's like my other one in my sound booth that I set up, by the way, with our Scarlet and everything, and it works. And I'm doing my- Oh, good, good, good. I'm doing a professional recording later for my booking, and I just kept it there because I don't want to fuck with it. But like, when I come in person next week, we'll use it, and it'll be great. Oh my God, I can't wait. I love a Scarlet. But like- But even I have like a little decent mic, you know, she's not- Right. She's not- But I mean- Cheap. But I mean, like this, I mean, I say this is expensive, but it's expensive relative to like your average mic. Like, yes, if, it's not a Sennheiser. Like, it's, no. you know, it's not like a, it's not like, like a $2,000 mic. But, um, you know, it, it makes the, the a world of difference. Truly. If I was using this versus like some bullshit, like Blue Yeti thing. Or talking know. into your headset. you know yes and and like unfortunately i think we've gotten also used to the highest of quality in media whether Mm -hmm. it be tv film sound otherwise yeah we're all in the same boat now for some reason you know right that it's like you know how and it's not that it's competing but it's how can you match up to the people who are using thousand dollar sennheiser mics you know and it's just kind of trying to i think in a way it's like keeping up with the joneses but also finding a way to make it the best quality you possibly can without having to spend a ton of money you know like (laughs) bless Bless me oh my god bless you sarah (sighs) for you have sinned (laughs) oh my goodness oh my goodness how dare i on a podcast i mean so I mean not not to harp on quality too long because there are things that like you know don't have to be the highest of quality and do well. I yeah. mean TikTok is again to tie it back in is a perfect example of that. But also um, I think that it's it's good to, you can get good sound quality for like 45 bucks. So I'm yeah. not even saying it's hard. So my point is is that it's actually not hard to get a couple right. lobs. Of course. To get a a shotgun mic. It's not hard to have a blue snowball sitting in front of you. Uh Cause I mean yeah. this this blue snowball right in front of me. I recorded. I keep saying thank you. Okay, I usually have five. We're on three. <laughs> All right, two and more. To go. <laughs> okay, okay, she's okay. She's okay. Uh, anyway, I recorded my Doctor Seeds voiceover that was on Amazon. That was literally whatever sounded crisp as fuck, and it was on a forty five dollar, um. Yeah, Blue Yeti. So as long as yeah. you have the audio capabilities, like Audacity, where you can take out the bre- the breaths and the da da, it's you you got it. You're fine. So it's not You're... that hard. <clears throat> no, and like it's it also comes down to like something that is beyond most people's scope. Yeah. Um, I only know how to do this because I grew up in recording studios with my dad. But like, you know, being able to EQ and turn on a noise gate and figure out how to compress things so that the background yeah. noise is like is mitigated and having padding around you so that you can mitigate it even more. Um, and, and like my first couple voiceover gigs that I did were video games that were like, you know, app video games or whatever they, it's whatever. But like <laughs> I recorded those on an SM57, which was like a, an $89 mic, you know? Yep. And yep. I got, I got it for free because my dad gave it to me. God bless your dad. No, <laughs> he yeah. Has so much sound equipment. I don't even know. To yeah. I don't have anyone in my family that even knows anything about it. They're like, yeah. so what is that large ball thing? I'm like, that is a microphone. Is y'all. A microphone. <laughs> y'all, that is a, that is a microphone, baby. No, but I think that's cool. It's like, uh, I, to going, you know, just going back as creatives and how to be a rich bitch. Um, you know, success comes in many forms. And I think, like you said, 
as much as I do think there's a lot of concerns about TikTok, I do think like, yeah, banning it is going to affect creators. There's no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind. It's going to affect a lot of the people that use it have zero to do with any of the shenaniganery that's going on. And this is happening. I also think too, it's like a ways to become that rich bitch that we are, you know, that we want to be, that everyone strives to be, um, and unabashedly should, um, you know, strive to be successful in their field, which comes with all the things that we discussed. Um, having the tools and the knowledge to create that. So like, I'm sure if someone listening here has never heard of a blue snowball mic can go on Amazon, buy $45, whatever mic, and they sound wonderful and start doing some VO stuff, start doing some creative things with it. I think it's all about empowering people. It's, it's why, like, I wanted to do the pitch deck talk. Yes. It'll probably take some clients away from me because they'll be like, Oh, she just told me how to do everything. And I'm capable, but most people aren't, but it's at least giving no, them the, the, it's at least giving them the the footprints to be, be some a successful and get their ideas out in a very cohesive, effective way. Yeah. And, uh, I, I do agree, uh, that, you know, with certain platforms being, whether they're removed, whether they're, they're pared down sometimes when they edit apps or make changes, it really does affect us because as creatives, how words is how we're expressing ourselves quickly and our phone cameras are lit. So like lit, we're already on that level where we can express ourselves in that way. And any, in any way encumbering that or neutering that does affect the creative circle of people. It does. And it's what, and, and to our credit, at least we have become so acclimated in the tech era to yeah. adapt to adapting um, because we have to, I mean, and 2020 was a huge example of this. And I just get oh, so yeah. tired of hearing people complain about it. It's like, Guys, it was three years ago. My entire apartment is a, is a TV studio right now. Like, I, yeah. like, like adapt or die. You know, it, it's it's mm-hmm. unfortunate in the arts community that that is a constant thing that we have to do. Yeah, but like, it very much is pivot, pivot, pivot. and Funny. learn, pivot. and learn. Like, you are never you are never just going to be stagnant, and you and nor should you. But like. You know, when they were like, oh, buy backdrops and do the things and the cameras. And yes, that takes an amount of privilege to be able to afford to do so. Oh, yeah. But also it takes a black like sheet was, and then you your cell phone. Right. I mean, literally, it's like, take the take the fucking sheet off your bed and put it on the yep, wall. Like, I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I've also been able to acquire a lot of lighting equipment. And some of it was super cheap. It was on sale or I had friends yeah. give it to me because they weren't using it anymore. Right. I literally could film a whole TV show on my apartment mm-hmm. right now. Um, with all the shit that I have. And that is, that is a privilege of having, yeah, that is a privilege also though, of having like a good circle of people, artists around us. And a lot of people like to say, you're in the middle of the woods, you don't have that, but there's ways to do it. There really is. I truly believe like natural lighting is the best lighting. And if you can, if you can harness that, um, with just your cell phone and, uh, either a $20 stand with a ring light on, on Amazon, you kind of have it. So like, yeah. The well, capabilities like, are immense. The capabilities are immense. And think about think about those like handheld things that they have where you put your phone on and it like automatically adjusts to the movement that yes, you're making. Yes. Like, the, that's like what, $150, $200? Yeah, it's stabilizer, like a stabilizer, you know, like yeah. a stabilizer uh, dolly-ish kind of thing, you know? Yeah. It's like, and I mean, I'm all about, I'm all about democratizing like creativity, mm-hmm. you know, like sure, monetize it fine. Like, you know, millennials don't have hobbies left because we were told to monetize all of them, but you know, whatever. <laughs> True. Um, here we are, 2023. And uh, you know, like there are easier ways to do this that are not as like as like crippling as it used to be, like mentally. Yeah. 
you know, I remember when I first moved to the city in 2005, I had all these song ideas that I wanted to like record and like get musicians and get into a studio and everything else. And it was like, yeah. you know, I couldn't, I could barely afford to eat. Let, I was so skinny. I could barely afford to eat, let alone oh. like pay musicians, rent out a studio, yeah. record all the stuff in enough time, teach yeah. it to everyone, like get, get it charted out. And like, so that people understood what the hell I was talking about. And now you know, I spent $85 on a keyboard. Logic was $200. And, mm. you know, my dad gave me this mic and I have some other like miscellaneous sound equipment. Yeah. I've recorded like the the track I'm releasing this year is 36 tracks. Wow. And I wrote every single one of them. My friend Matt came over and did some guitar stuff. So that's like three or four tracks. Yeah. But like, like it's so democratized. Like the career I could have had when I was 19 with the ideas that I had, if I had this kind of technology and access. Right would be very different. And so like, take advantage of that. Like these people that are so adversely against like creating a home studio to record, yeah. self tapes or record, like stop it. Like you can use that in other ways. It's oh my not, gosh. Yeah. It's not just like the inconvenience of being, of being asked to do a self tape, which I love by the way. Me you know, too. I'm then I don't big... have to Tetris my whole day around like being down being at a, at a studio waiting in a, you know, right. in a room, even if it's like a callback and it's very few people, it's yeah. still like you hear the other person's, you hear the other person's audition through the shitty wall. You're like, oh my God, just, can I just, this is just, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I have no desire. Out. I have no desire to, to do that all day, every day. Like I was, you know, I just, yeah. it just gives you more freedom, but also like, even just going back to like deep <sighs> pandemic, I have deep sympathy for everyone who mentally suffered during that time. It was a really Same. messy time and awful, 100%. but as artists, instead of being like, we are being, uh, pushed down. We are not able to craft. We're not able, you have to, we had to learn the ways to pivot. And I think a lot of us did. And I think a lot of us actually flourished during that time because we pivoted. Absolutely. Um, I made my pitch deck business then because I was like, what do I do that's safe that I can be distanced from somebody? Um, but that I know how to do really well. Oh, voiceover pitch decks. Hi. And that's like when things like that really flourished for me, yeah. you know? And, uh, that's me. I'm not saying that's everybody's experience. And I also no, had the mental clarity true. to do it. But Absolutely. I but I do believe that empowering others by example is a very effective way of empowering people. So if I'm telling you guys that if you felt over the, the thing you really were pushed on, you weren't able to do what you wanted to do, it's so tangible now. You can do it. I promise Absolutely. you. And, and I think there's also a narrative that like, it's too late. You know, like unless you got yeah. in on the unless you got in on the ground floor of when that happened, it's too no, late. And I don't trash. think that's true. Like, I mean, I I did start right away with the voiceover stuff, and I yeah. booked stuff pretty immediately. It was like, I think it was like three or four months before I started booking things. Yeah. Um, but like, you can start anytime. Like, literally, there's websites. You, there's websites, and I will say too, like for people who are in the in the headspace of like, I want to do voiceover, but I feel it's too late and it's too saturated. Like, yeah, there are a lot of people doing it, but a lot of those people who started doing it during the pandemic had fallen off because they've had to go back to work. Their mm -hmm. situations have changed. They became disenchanted with it. It was frustrating. It wasn't for them. Also, truly, it's never too late to do anything unless you're dead. It's never too late to do anything. And exactly. literally, literally, unless you're not here anymore, it's never too late. Facts. Yeah. I mean, it's never I too late to fall in love. It's never too late to redo your entire career in life. It's never too late to travel. It's never too late to 
forget, like leave everything. It's never too late to dye your hair, change your career, uh, fall in love, to uh, make something. It's never, ever too late because everyone's story is extremely unique and different to them. And sometimes the stories you tell when you're like, however old, as opposed to what you were, are way more compelling, typically, than what they were. So just please don't be hindered by that. No, don't. And like, I mean, I'm 36, which isn't old, you know, not, not going to put that on myself, but like, I, I have pivoted and changed and rebranded and redirected so many times I'm doing it again. And, you know, and I don't have an issue with it. It's exciting. It's a little exhausting, but like, Oh yeah, truly. But like having the, having the, like the foresight to see that it's an opportunity, not a hindrance mm-hmm. to pivot and change mm-hmm. and reinvent. Like I will always use Madonna as an example. Oh, like yes, she God. was always turning it over. Changing and every time. Reinvention every tour, time. literally, which I went to. Literally. Literally in middle and, school, living my truth. Yeah. And the thing is like, and, and sh- I'm sure I'm going to get some, some gay backhands for this, but like, she's not terribly talented. You know, she mm-hmm. can't really sing. She can't really act. She can't really dance. But what she can do is market and reinvent Be- herself. Ka-ka. Yes. And she, Show the she children. I think very similarly to how like Brandy is like the vocal Bible. Madonna mm-hmm. is like the marketing reinvention Bible. Yep. She's a reinvention performer Bible. Truly. Um, she... And, she was incredible in concert. I've never been to a yeah. more compelling concert where she's doing back walkovers and things are moving and her song, she's like singing, pointing at you and experience. It's very experiential. It's wild how yeah. much she gives. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying that she's void of talent. I'm just saying that. Like, oh, no, no, no. But I'm saying she. She's enter- she's an entertainer. She which is, is very... literally ironclad, top class entertainer. Yes. Like entertainer, artist, marketing genius. Yes. Like like woman not... of a certain woman age. Woman of a certain age. Yes. And like, but like not a singer, not an actress, not a dancer yeah. can yeah. do all of those things. Yes. Um, yes. but I use her as an example because she has had longevity in her career for that exact reason. And, like, I really kind of view Gaga as, like, the hybrid of Brandy and mm-hmm. Madonna because mm-hmm. she has the vocal, she has the chops, yeah. she, and she has the, like, abundance of talent. Yeah. Um, but I think her also, own worst enemy is herself. Right. But then also, like, has the wherewithal and the the smarts to kind of, like, hearken back to Madonna and yes. do the reinvention yes. of every single, every <clears throat> album, every, every look. It's brilliant. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, artists inherently need to do that a lot of the times by Mm -hmm. necessity and the pandemic just showed us Mm -hmm. why. And I love these female artists who, um, the literal world writes about them. Like they are demons and they are demonized and ostracized and, and blamed and shamed. And, um, I'm going to say, especially Madonna, if that bitch hadn't taken all that heat in the eighties for her sex book, for erotica, um, and I love human nature. Oh my God, that music video, express yourself, don't repress yourself. Uh, the representation she had in there. And then Vogue, all the things that she did, things that didn't even, weren't in the mainstream at all. Yes, we are, we can get nitpicky that she's a white woman and Vogue was marketed and da, da, da. But that was her circle. That was like her people. So she was like, can we just like explain that? So the general public is like, oh shit. You know, yeah, and I mean- it's it's accessible. Vogue success, Vogue specifically, I've seen commentary on from like queer black community from people in who which were I respect around back then, and they yeah. were pissed. They were like, right. "Who's this white bitch that took everything that we were doing?" Right. Um. And apparently, and I and again, fact check me. I don't remember correctly because this I saw this a long time ago, but I think that she would like go to the balls. Yep. And like commandeered it and basically oh. 
like colonized it. But oh, well, shit. You know, well, but shit. but you are but you're not wrong in the sense that it did make it mainstream and it made yeah. it it pushed the needle a little bit forward. And I'm never going to be upset with someone pushing the needle forward mm-hmm. in a positive way that helps other people. Yeah. Um, and I'm not trying to say that like Madonna's dying on a cross here for the queer black community, but no. like Well, she put a black Jesus on the cross for um like right. a prayer, which was like hugely <laughs> controversial and it was wild. So yes. I mean, she does make I think she makes really intense decisions and she's also not perfect. She's also a white woman. So there's right. like all that. But I do think that like um and it's not on her that Vogue became mainstream. It's just that it was interesting no. that it, that the biggest pop artist of at the time, especially. Um, was just like, I'm here for it and I'm going to fucking do it. And I do think though, yeah, there's a lot of problematic shit. I'm sure that's all wrapped up in that as there tends to be. But um, I do think a lot of these female, uh, you know, pop stars would never be who they are now if she hadn't been just raked for years and years. Truly. Also, she did come from nothing. You know, we talk about Lady Gaga, but Lady Gaga went to school on the Upper East Side. She had a pianist person that taught her piano and she right. you know sometimes her story she's like when i would sit at the lunch table at this huge very expensive academy and it was like really hard you know that kind of stuff yeah. i'm like okay my, but my classmate paris hilton yeah like, it was very difficult like, i went to nyu <laughs> you know but you know madonna came here with 14 bucks from michigan and was raped on a rooftop and then just kept it moving you know what i mean like there's just so much fucked up shit she had to go through <laughs> and, and just kept uh, it moving she just was like <laughs> Well, that happened. I'm still scene. here for that. Thank though. you so much. Yeah, like, yeah. Her her interview on um, Howard Stern is wild. The things that she has. Oh, had, I don't think but, I've ever heard it. The, the things she went through just in the few years living in New York, being held at knife point, and all this crazy shit, and sleeping on couches with men that she really didn't want to be with, but she needed a place to stay, and like all these things she had to do yeah. just to get a recording thing through the men in her life. It was just yeah. wild. So, again. She has, she's definitely problematic in the, in some ways, especially stuff like that. But I will say that it is interesting to see, you know, what you, what you go through when you haven't, no one's done it yet at, at a scale yeah. that was successful. And when you change Truly. the mold, you open the doors for people like any, any of us to have to not be suffering like that, to not do that. So yeah, uplifting artists, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, and, and everyone can find a way if Madonna can find a way in this, in the eighties, I think we can find a way, you know, now of we can. to create, Absolutely. it's so I much mean, more accessible. And we're, we're also very fortunate in the sense that we have, have art. we have artists who have come before us, who have shown us the way and given us the blueprint. Yeah. And all we really have to do is stamp a 2023 lens on it. Yeah. And be like, how can I do that now? Yeah. And, 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 and empowering people and holding space for everybody's, you know, artistry, I think is really the key. But it does go to the bottom line, which is what we were talking about earlier, is that we need to feel safe, too, in our country. We need to feel seen and we need to feel all these things. But if we're not feeling that way, not only is revolt necessary, but art is an act of a revolt. Art is an act of um, protest. Art is an act of um, because by doing we are making a statement. Absolutely. I mean, that's the whole point of stories, right? You're telling a story. Yeah. And whether whether that story is I woke up this morning and had coffee and went to work and got into a fight with a coworker and got on the train and came home and cried about it. Yeah. Like, you know, that's still a story of someone's life. And I think, you know, creating art, and this may be obvious and I may sound completely stupid saying this, but um, 
you know, creating stories that people relate to and the ability to democratize it mm. and and just be able like and again this goes back to TikTok and Instagram and reels and creating mm-hmm. videos on your own <clears throat> but also what we were talking about earlier with Andy Cohen and reality TV people mm-hmm. are hungry and curious and they want to see stories of other people's lives right it's why entertain i mean like tribally speaking he, the earliest humans sat around and like beat drums and told stories and around like, a fire yeah. yeah, and like and like you know did all the, did all the things that you're thinking about for early early man and woman and human, but like you know it, it's it's frustrating to see a major platform take yeah. that away to a degree, yes. and then uh, and then we as artists yet again have to figure out how to rebrand and pivot, how to navigate and re-navigate. Yeah, yeah, I think the world is so politicized and it's so messy, and it just sucks when, um, you know, artists and civilians truly just suffer all the time yeah. from well, I mean, bullshit. Un- unfortunately the way that the world is set up it of course is, is going to be politicized you know like, yeah. like even though i am a giant like white man i'm still a queer person and so yeah. like that has to be politicized because unfortunately it's part of the political conversation yeah. and that's like just the surface like you go down to like people of color who are queer or trans or or trans, anything yeah. that is not straight white christian etc like of course it's going to be politicized. Yeah. Our our existence is politicized. So right. therefore we there too for we also have to be politicized. And you know art of course is a perfect place for that to exist and it's why a lot of the queer community gravitates towards artistic lifestyles because you are able to communicate and be yourself and express through your art form and have an audience and feel validated and feel seen. And that's not always the case. Especially, like, I mean, why do you think big cities are full of queer people and artists? Because we're all escaping the towns that we came from that told us we didn't belong and yeah. we shouldn't, and we didn't belong here and we should go away. And so we did. And so now those little towns, like, I know the little town that I'm from, you know, every time a new restaurant opens, it fucking closes because nobody wants change. They want Applebee's and TGI Fridays. Oh. Applebee's? Okay, sorry. I, I mean, that, to me, that's like the, the biggest, uh, to me, not, that was the biggest sponsored upsetting by red flag I've ever heard today. I'd rather have five nightmares than ever talk about Applebee's. I mean, Applebee's is but, literally terrible. But also, like, how long did the Applebee's in Times Square stay in business? You know, like, I forgot there are, was one. Holy shit. I know. Yeah. It's, I ate there when I was 12 and we came here for the first time. Like, we went to the Applebee's in Times Square. Like, I know. And that McDonald's. Having that in microwave Times Square, food. Like, that's sick, yeah. bro. I mean, yeah. the, like, it's, it's just. And I and this is how it was when I lived there, and I haven't lived in a small town in a long time, so I don't want to like speak for every small town. No, you know, like, and of course there are always going to be artists in those small towns, and I'm not saying that especially small towns where the chains haven't come in. There's a lot of really beautiful small towns that are like making art, and you're just like, wow, this cute microcosm of I hate saying cute this this really tranquil. Is a better word. Yeah, I don't want to be. I don't want to be pandering. It's um. It's just very cool, like smaller communities that aren't like New York, LA, da da da, that are creating so much great art, and it's so earnest and raw and real. And um, there's no chains really, and everybody's just kind of going. To, blah 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 goes to the store in the morning, and this, this is the diner that you go to, and this is the art house that you do stuff in, and I love yeah. that. And I and I think that I I met a woman a couple of years ago. She and her partner 
lived, bought a house in Reading, Pennsylvania that mm-hmm. they that had like a big shed in the back and they turned that into a recording studio and she owned a vintage company that they use for costuming and like wow. they I think <laughs> they're affiliated with this other studio in Reading, Pennsylvania that shoots films there. My aunt worked on a short film out there. Um, it's one of the places that I'm eyeballing for locations for, for when I decide, when I am ready to shoot a couple of the things that I have in the pipeline. Yeah. Um, but you know, yes, there is art happening there and it needs to. And I think the, the days and because of the internet and things like TikTok yes. and Instagram and everything else, there's no need to run away to a city to feel yes. seen because you can build a community locally with those, with apps like that and be an artist in the place where you are. And because of the internet, you can then take that art and put it on the internet and get an international following yes. without having to relocate yourself to a major city. Mm-hmm. Now, will you have to do that at some point to get to a level that, you know, it, like achieve the Oscar level dream? Like, yeah, probably. In some, yeah, in some, yeah, absolutely. In some, in some way. Fields, and no one's saying, absolutely. Like, right. Yeah. And no one's saying like buy a house in the hills and you know whatever but like you know having a couch to sleep on while you're there for a festival or while you're there yeah. meeting agents or looking, airbnb you know, baby airbnb yeah. baby um you know it's 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 gotten better and i i question i mean i don't question never mind i was gonna say i question if i was <laughs> 19 in in pennsylvania right now if i would leave and i absolutely would 100 like <laughs> because then the other component of this too is like you know, supply and demand. We talk a lot about like having your own team and and creating your own things and like pulling people in that can help you and like, you know, help you fundraise and help you rent thing Mm -hmm. equipment and do all the things. And like, there's just not as many people in those areas Mm -hmm. to do that that way. Yeah. The pool is not as deep. The pool is not as deep. The pool is not as deep and you can still do it. And I'm not saying you can't. Oh yeah, totally. You can do it. Especially if your project is about the community. You know, like yeah. some, something about like like the pilot we just made, the Mineola Diner, like Mineola has come through. Long Island is all Absolutely. over that bitch. But yeah. but that's the one pilot that was made in Mineola in the last, you know. 300 so, years. Right. So it's- Since a, the invention of the camera. Since 5 BC. But when <laughs> Mineola first came on the map in prehistoric times. And Sarah Seeds showed up. I was just like, hi. Um hi. But yeah, I guess um, since we've been talking a while, I guess to close out is like, do we want to, I mean, just part of being like a rich bitch or whatever, what we, what we kind of strive to incorporate and kind of bring to this is that you can always keep creating your artwork is important. Your voice is important and platforms are important too. So they can, you can use them to be creating creative. Yeah. Um, And and to that point, I think that a lot of times we hold ourselves back because we think, oh God, like I just don't have the money to make this. Yeah. But being like getting the bag and being a rich bitch, like mm-hmm. you can also be savvy and get the bag. Like it's, it's part of the game, man. Like it is, you have game. to, you have to figure yeah. out a way you call in the favors, you ask friends, you like negotiate in, in paperwork. Like there's that beautiful, like <laughs> I'm sure that everyone loves and may, might abuse to, a, to a point like, but that beautiful deferment clause in SAG contracts where like, I'll pay you later. And then you never make money. No one gets paid. But you know, like that's, it's a thing that's helpful, you know, to be able to at least create it and, and put it on a platform somewhere to say and show I did this. Right. So, so I think, um, yeah, empowerment is the key. And I hope all of you guys get someone empowered by our, you know, our chats and that, um, you know, you can, you can get all the things that you need at a very low discount or some of the things you might already have everything you need. You probably possibly do to create. 
You kind of do. You just need your brain and you and something to record it on. Everyone gets in their own way. And don't let yourself get in your way. Yeah. yeah, I find writing is helpful. Write down the things that you need to make things happen and then go find them. Or do the artist way. That literally changed my life. I've never done it. <gasps> I have a copy if you want it. I, I It's literally like you, it. you can buy it used for like seven bucks too. It's like, because you do kind of want to write it, but I don't really, I just have a journal that accompanies it. But the artist way, I can't, I can't recommend any more than I can. It's just literally like um, when I was post uh, divorce and I was um, having kind of a writer's block because my creativity had been sucked dry by someone else, you know, and it felt like I wasn't allotting the creativity to that. What unblocked me, this was years ago, but what unblocked me uh, some ways, not just introspective and therapy and negotiations and all the, all the things you have to do, but was the artist way. And some of the things about the artist way is it's chapter by chapter, it's 12 weeks and you complete it and you feel rejuvenated as an artist. And it kind of, it includes lessons for the week, includes a little bit of homework, but really what it is, is it's morning pages every morning, three pages, free flowing ideas, uh, getting you started for the day and writing. It could be about anything. Sometimes when I write it, it's like fucking shit, fuck bitch. I don't even want to fuck. And some of it's like, the world is a beautiful circle of light. And I'm a, and sometimes it's like, here's what I'm doing today. I'm buying a cabbage. You know, it's like, it doesn't really I'm buying have to, a cabbage. it doesn't have to be, <laughs> it's not there to be whatever. It's just for you. So you put your ideas down. And then it also includes artist dates. So every week you take yourself on an artist date and I had to be I creative because I, yeah, I had to be creative because I did this in the beginning of deep lockdown, uh, part of it. And so my artist date was, I got to go to the virtual uh, museum, um, the Albert and whatever, the one in the UK that I love so much. I don't know why I'm blanking, but I would just go to like virtual tours of museums and see exhibits. That was my artist date. Or I would, or I would take a bath and have some wine and watch a movie that was like black and white and like gave me something I'd never seen before. You know, like, so there's ways to do artist dates even for like $0, you know? And it's like, I very much recommend the artist way if you're ever feeling like you're not able to, you're feeling a blockage, you're feeling judge judging, you're feeling uh, not in the flow. And I really recommend that. I think that's how I'm going to end it out is that I have a recommendation. It's the artist way, highly recommend it. It's very empowering, which is to me, if it's something empowers me, that is the main point. If something moves somebody, it's empowering. If something connects with someone that's empowering to you as a human. So to me, the artist way is empowering. And I think that's a way to and you and you made me think of that because you were saying about just writing and the artist way is that three morning pages of stream of consciousness and it just gets you on that path. I already did mine. I woke up from my weird nightmare that we were talking about off camera and I just was like, Jesus, take the wheel. What the hell is going on here? Help. Not sponsored by the artist way. Not sponsored, but God, I would love to be sponsored God, by the artist way. please get on board. Not Applebee's, but the artist not way. Applebee's. No Applebee's. That's going to be the yes, title. Artists. That's going to be the title of this episode. Not no, Applebee's. Applebee's, no, thank you. Applebee's, no, thank you. Applebee's, no, 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 no. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Do you have any recs for this, you know, this, this episode? You've been recommending whole sorts of stuff, but... Is there anything you really recommend? TikTok? Is it what you recommend? <laughs> TikTok is what I recommend. <laughs> Just in general. Just in general. Everyone got TikTok. Everyone. Um, These rich bitches are experiencing technical difficulties. There we go. So, your recommendation. 
since the devil, the, the devil's trying to get us and they cut it out. Right. The, the internet devils are the, after The us. gay man's going to talk about it and it's going to shut you Yeehaw. down. I mean, I was just rambling, but I was basically just saying, find a way to live alone for a year. You know, Ooh, I mean, it's totally, yes. it's so hard. It's such a thing that's so difficult, especially now. Um, and I have been super lucky and fortunate enough and have worked hard enough to be able to afford to be able to do that for myself for a very, very long time. But it just is so, it hits so different when you live alone. Everyone I know who has transitioned from living with roommates to by themselves, the first thing they comment on is how they feel better in their skin as a human. And there is just something about having your own space and like being being just you, your own messy, gross mm-hmm. you self that is that is life-changing. And I wish more people did this. I feel like so many people go from roommate to roommate to roommate until they're engaged and they move in with a partner and then they're married and they've never had the opportunity to live alone. No, live and, alone. And like that's, I mean, you know, that's that's the bath you choose and it's cool. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying it's different when you're able to live by yourself. And I think that if that seems like not possible for you, for you know, because like life, um, at least having your own space you know, and also I think something that you do great. And I, and I, and I used to do more is go on dates with yourself. Oh my God. I love self. Do you know what I mean? They're the best. It's kind of all in that same vein of like being cool and comfortable with yourself enough to be alone with yourself. And yeah. you've already talked about how you can go on. You didn't self date. You went to like Haswell green by yourself, which is wild to me. And I love Amazing. that. Oh, just the best. Yeah. And, and also, like you said, living by yourself and if possible, having your entire space to yourself. I think that is such a good thing. And it, and I've had roommates before, obviously. Yeah, we all you know? have. I mean, um, I have. <laughs> right. Yeah. Same. Um, I didn't love it. And so yeah. it was kind of a thing where I was like, whatever I do, I need to make sure that I can make this happen. And the apartment I'm in now, you know, I've lived alone a lot, but they've always been under like special circumstances. You know, like for whatever reason, I had a guarantor or there was strings attached to the apartment or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But for the first time in my adult life, I'm living alone and I'm living alone on a lease that I signed with my Mm -hmm. money with no guarantor that is just mine. Mm -hmm. And as someone who has lived alone under special circumstances before, this is different. It is. And I'm I'm sure it'll be different when I buy a place and like, yes, that'll hit different. But it just changes who you are as a person. It really does. It makes it feel it makes you feel like you are just held onto the ground in a different way. Yeah. It's very, it's very strange. Highly recommend 10 out of 10. I know right. it is I'm speaking from a place of privilege where I'm able to do that, but it's something to strive for. And it took me definitely years of living in New York until I was able to do this. How so, many years? 18. Yeah. See? So, yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had my own apartment in a lot of different ways, but it was always like under someone else's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it was never really mine, mine, like this right. is mine, mine. Right. And, um, I kind of, you know, post-divorce took my space back and was there for a while by myself. Yeah. And I was just so magical and it's magical. It's really magical. Um, so I think that that is important. I think it's very important. And I agree with that. And also going on dates by yourself is just like an extension of that or a version, you know? So I think that's a really great send off. So, and I would, I would even say too, not to, not to keep elongating this send off. You're fine. Um, But you know, the idea of going on a self date, I love, but also then take a notebook with you and write while you're out. Mm -hmm. Like have your, have your little Manhattan at the hotel bar, which is what I used to love to do. Yes. There. 
I also sell notebooks on Amazon. Yeah, um, you do? <laughs> Lincoln bio. Yeah, I do. You sell notebooks? I have so many. Like, I should buy your... I just have yeah. so many notebooks. No, please do. I'm I'm out of notebooks. I'm about to fill up my last one, so I need to actually go buy my own yeah, notebooks. Yeah, <laughs> I have like 19 on a stack that are filled, but I have so many that aren't. Because I, like, I always want to have a lot of empty ones to... Amazing. Yeah, I love it. But yeah, I mean, take take sit at your little hotel bar and have your little cocktail Manhattan and have your little notebook and just like write while you're sitting there and drinking. It's yep. the best. I used to sit at the Empire Hotel bar in the lobby mm. and I would do that. It was just, oh God. That sounds heavenly. It's heavenly. It's so luxurious. Or go to Applebee's and just... Or go to Applebee's. <laughs> Not Applebee's. <laughs> Maybe you write something really insane at Applebee's, you know, like uh, we actually, the last time I went to Applebee's was because I was at a booking and the only place near my hotel in this nowhere place was an Applebee's. And I said, it's been years, maybe I won't regret it. And when I was there, um, it was so, such an awful experience that I came up with, we all did, there was four of us artists together. We came up with an idea, like what if someone died at Applebee's and didn't know, and their spirit was like stuck at an Applebee's in perpetuity. Everything Applebee's all at once. All at once. <laughs> <laughs> Not a sponsor. Sorry. Title title of episode. And if you work there, I'm sorry. It's fine. It's cool. Get the bag. I just won't be there. Yeah. But make money from them, please. Um, yes. Take all but of cool. it. But cool. Well, love Amy. this. I'm going to prep for my um my VO. Yeah. Party. I have a I have a full day of work yeah. that is not creative. Yeah, I'm working on a pitch Can't deck. <laughs> um, it's a really dope concept. I'm really excited about it. And then I'm uh, recording a voiceover, my first professional VO booking of the year, not on camera booking. So, oh my god, amazing! Congrats. Pay me. Signed the contract last night, and I was like, yum, 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 yes. yum. Yes, yes, yes. Get that bag. Uh, getting the bag. Anyway, you guys get the bag. We love you, and always be a rich bitch. Always, always. I want. You're the bag. so rich. Uh, pay me. Yeah, pay me.